Hello, welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be back. I got a lot to talk about. College football has officially returned. I'm super excited to talk about that. Uh, the NBA playoffs are continuing. Uh, we're starting to move into round two a little bit. I want to talk about some of the games that happened yesterday. Uh, now, there are games being played tonight. The Bucks are playing the Heat. And the Thunder are playing the Rockets. Uh, so we're getting our second round two game tonight in the Bucks Heat game. Can't wait to watch that. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But I also want to talk about like the Nuggets and the Jazz. They played last night. That was an insane game. Uh, we, they also, we had the Mavericks and the Clippers. They closed out their series. And I also want to talk about uh, the Celtics and the Raptors game one of round two. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about. Let's get started with college football. It has officially returned. Uh, now the Power Five hasn't started playing. But yesterday, or not yesterday, I'm dumb. On Saturday, Central Arkansas and Austin P played. It's the first game of the college football season. I know it's not big schools. I know it's not the names that you're used to seeing on Saturdays. But college football has come back. It is here. And they did begin playing this weekend. Now, Austin P. they went uh, on the road, went to Central Arkansas, and they played. It was a really, really good game. Uh, but first off, I want, to start, I want to talk about what it was like, what it was like watching the game with minimal fans. They did allow fans to the game. Uh, they allowed, I think 2,500 fans were at the game. I believe that was the number they allowed there. Um, and so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of crowd noise. Um, but at, at one point around kickoff, it got really, really quiet, um, and it was near silent, and not, the announcers weren't speaking, you couldn't hear the crowd. That was a little bit odd, I will admit, but I thought the experience was pretty good. Um, it didn't really feel odd, it felt like a regular football game, minus the crowd noise. I know for some people, uh, the crowd noise is a huge part of the game, I mean, it is. Uh, but for me, not having the crowd at sporting events isn't a huge issue. It doesn't bother me that much at all, to be completely honest. Uh, but it, it was noticeable. And so, if, if and that might bother you. Uh, it doesn't bother me, uh, but I thought that was good. They did debut some new animations. ESPN had or a, a Twitter account affiliated with ESPN. I think it was like ESPN College Football. don't know specifically, but one of their accounts tweeted out, uh, last week that they have, that people working at ESPN have been working for months during the pandemic on some new animations for college football. Um, so you saw there was a new scoreboard at the bottom, you know, the scoreboard at the bottom of the screen. That looks different. I thought it looked awesome. It looks really pretty. I thought it looked nice. Um, and also like when you, the, in, during the game, they have different animations on the screens, transitioning to replay, transitioning to commercial, um, and they they have like a thousand a thousand plus different animations for things like that. Uh, I thought the animations looked really really clean. It looked good. I thought they did a fantastic job. The design was awesome. It, it was really really cool. I thought it was amazing. Um, it is it, pretty fantastic. So I like the way it was all set up. Um, I mean, everything, it looked good. It looked like a regular college football game, although there were no fans. I mean, it just felt like a regular Saturday, and, and I was so happy to watch this game. 
Um, I thought they did a good job. It was really, really set up. It's set up very, very well. I hope, I hope that, you know, the COVID-19 cases can stay limited um, so we can have a full season. I think they will be able to do that. Uh, but, you know, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. We just have to be patient. Uh, but hopefully we can keep this whole thing under control so we can have a full college football season because that's all I really want. But let's go ahead and talk about the game. Um, it was good. You know, it, it was sloppy. Uh, which you can expect from a, a game featuring schools of this magnitude. They're not very big schools. They're not, you know, there's just not a whole lot of talent on the field. But it was a good game. Had a very nice ending. The first half, I mean, Austin P came out on fire. Like, their first play, their true freshman running back CJ Evans had a 75-yard touchdown uh, off, a, off a triple, out of triple option. Um, he took the pitch. And he, he just exploded down, down the sideline. That was an incredible play. Um, and that was the first play of the college football season. Like, the first play of the season was a 75-yard touchdown. So that was insane. Like, what a return for college football. Um, first half, Austin P. was, they, their offense got going early. Um, you know, Central Arkansas, they struggled. They struggled in the first half offensively. Their quarterback did not play very well. Um, in the first half, I mean, he, he was just struggling with accuracy, um, decision-making. I mean, he just played pretty, pretty poor in that first half. I thought he was bad. Um, and, you know, in the first half, after, after like, that 75-yard score in the first play, neither neither team's offense really played all that well. Um, in the second quarter, Raylan Smith threw a – and he, he was the quarterback for Central Arkansas. He threw a terrible interception where he, he was getting sacked – but while he was getting sacked, he tried to throw the ball, which is not a good decision. Like at like, just that's just a terrible decision to start off with. Then it was a bad throw right into the hands of the of the defender, Austin P. You know they they got the pick, got possession, um, and they made the turnover count. They got a field goal after a crazy sideline catch by Jordan Howard. That was a beautiful catch, beautiful adjustment in the air by him. That was a fantastic play. If you know what I'm talking about, like, you know, that play was absolutely insane. Um, they, they got a field goal, so they went up 10 nothing in the second quarter. Um, uh, then, then Austin P in the second quarter, like, with around five, five minutes left, uh, they, they, they had really struggled on punts with the snap, uh, early in the first half. They, they snapped the ball over the punter's head. This time the punter just fumbled the snap. Um, they ended up, fumbling the ball, and uh, Central Arkansas got possession around the 10-yard line, so they were in great position to score. They made a field goal, and they had made a field goal earlier in the game, so it was a 10-6 game at this point. Um, and, you know, Austin P. they were driving without, with about a minute left in the, second, in the first half, um, and they fumbled the ball on a pitch. So, like, it was a sloppy game. It was a really, really sloppy game. There were a ton of turnovers. So it was, it was not, you know, in the first half, it wasn't great football. Um, it was a little bit sloppy. And then Braylon Smith, right after getting the fumble, they got the ball, and Braylon Smith just Im- immediately threw a pick in the end zone. It wasn't his best day, um, as you can tell. He, he struggled. Then the second half came around. Um, and Central Arkansas turned it up. They got, they got going offensively. They had a big return to start off the second half. Um, and then 
They had a, a big run, a 35-yard touchdown run by Kier Crossley uh, to go up 13-10. B- big play for Central Arkansas. They needed that. Their offense had been struggling all game. Um, they were just they were struggling in the first half. Uh, they came out in the second half explosive, um, played better. Austin P really, really struggled in the second half. They, pl- they played decently well. Um, in the first half, second half, not so much. Their offense just wasn't very good. Um, but under two, with under two minutes left, Austin P. they scored on a QB run to go up 17 to 16. And with 42 seconds left in the fourth, it's third, it's third, um, third and fourth, third and four. And, and, you know, uh, wow, I can't speak. Central Arkansas had a 29 yard pass to the 10 yard line. Um, and Tyler Hudson just on that on this play, Tyler Hudson made a crazy back shoulder catch. It was incredible. I mean, the body control was amazing on this play. Kind of like the play that Jordan Howard made earlier in the first half. It was kind of like that. Um, so now they're in prime position to score and win the game. Um, and on thirty seven with thirty seven seconds left, you know Central Arkansas has first and goal on the ten yard line. Um, Luan Winningham, he had a beautiful release. He was able to stack on top of the receiver, and he got wide open. This was too easy. There was nothing complex about this play. They just, Central Arkansas just asked the receiver on the outside, hey, get open. We're going to get you the football, and that's exactly what he did. It was a good throw. He was wide open, and that won the game off the touchdown. And that was a fantastic finish to a sloppy game. I mean, neither team really played that well for the first three quarters, uh, but for the the last two drives for both teams were pretty good, and I thought they played well in the end. Um, you know they finished finished the game off <laughs> really really well, um, and that saved what was a pretty terrible game up to that point. But shout out to both teams coming out playing, uh, giving a, a great effort. Uh, even if this wasn't, even if this game didn't have an epic finish like it did, it still would have been a fun game. Um, it was great. It was just great to see some football. I know, I know those guys wanted to finally get out on the field and play, and they got that opportunity. So shout out to them. Shout out to everyone that came out and supported those guys. You know, it was a great experience, and I'm just glad to have college football back. It was a great, a great first game. And now two weeks from now, we have uh, the Power Five starts playing, or the conferences that are playing are starting their play. So that'll be fun. That's when things really start uh, ramping up. But yeah, that was a good game Saturday. I'm just excited uh, to have the college football season back. Now, let's talk about the playoffs. So Celtics-Raptors, uh, game one of their series, and we are now in round two for a few series. I don't know why they're doing this. Like We still have some series in round one that aren't finished, but they went ahead and moved on. So we got some round two games being played. Uh, the first game yesterday was celtics Versus the Raptors. Now, in my predictions uh, uh, for the playoffs, in my playoffs predictions that I made before the playoffs started, I predicted the Raptors to beat the Celtics in seven games. Um, this That prediction is probably not going to age well because the Raptors got dominated. I mean, they, they just got killed in this game. The Celtics, they just dominated the Raptors, which I, I was really surprised by. I wasn't expecting that. The Celtics won 112 to 94, um, and and you know the Celtics shot making, 
is huge. They have four guys who can create their own shot. Well, three now because Gordon Hayward isn't playing. They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kimba Walker. Those guys can create their own shot off the dribble at a high level. And they did that yesterday versus the Raptors. Jalen Brown got hot early. Um, Marcus Smart even played very well. I mean, he was hitting, he was hitting shots off the dribble, hitting threes off the dribble. It was crazy. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart got hot early. Um, the Raptors were down 31 to 15 early on in the first quarter. They were struggling. Um, and the Celtics shot making was just too much in this game. Jason Tatum played very, very well as in Jalen Brown, as did Marcus Smart. As did Kimba Walker, like every pretty much everyone played well for the Celtics, and no one played well for the Raptors. Like literally, no one really played that well at all. Pascal struggled. Kyle Lowry struggled a bit. I mean, he was probably the best player on the team, uh, but Fred VanVleet struggled. I mean, no one played well for them. It felt like they just struggled all around. And the biggest thing I noticed was that the Raptors were like playing terrible on defense. A lot of the Celtic shots were just wide open. I mean, there was there was like a play early on where um, the Celtics ran a pick and roll, and Pascal should have tagged the roller, but he didn't. They had a wide open bucket there. There was another play where they where the Celtics had a wide had Marcus Smart wide open in the corner, and Pascal just let him take the shot. Now I know Marcus Smart isn't the best shooter ever. I get that. But come on, you're in a playoff series. Marcus Smart is not a terrible shooter. You gotta go out there. You gotta give me some effort. Um, so I thought I thought the Raptors' defense looked really really bad. Um, I don't expect that to continue. They're they're way too like their their coaching is too great. They they've been too good defensively uh, to come out um, like game after game and look like they did in this game um, at least defensively. And they just got to be better against the the pick and roll. They can't they can't allow the Celtics to have wide open shots because if they do that, they're gonna either get swept or lose in five games. Like that's just that's what the series is looking like. If they're gonna continue to play like they did in game one, I th- I mean I was just extremely disappointed um, in pretty much everyone on their team. The defense was not very good. That was just an awful. Game one for them, and a wonderful game one from the Celtics. They played out of their minds, um, and they they looked awesome. I mean, it looked like they could just take over the East and make it to the finals. That's how good they were. But yeah, the Raptors they got to get better defensively. They can't they can't have that kind of performance on the defensive end of the floor if they want to win this series. Uh, you know, but I don't expect them to play like this again. Uh, I think this was an outlier, an outlier bad performance by the Raptors. I think they'll come back stronger. Uh, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, the shot making for the Celtics, that's real. They're going to continue to do that. Um, and if the Raptors struggle to defend the pick and roll, this series, this could be a, a short series. Um, because the Celtics are just going to put a lot of pressure on their defense with their, with their off the dribble shooting. Um, and like I said earlier, they got, multiple guys who can shoot off the dribble at a high level. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to watch this series. I think it's a good matchup. Um, I just expect the Raptors to come come out in game two and look a heck of a lot better. They have to. Let's move on to the Clippers and Mavericks. I don't have a lot to say about this game. Um, wasn't that close. It was close up, up until about like midway or a little bit late in the fourth quarter. Then the Clippers kind of pulled away. Uh, 
Uh, but man, what a series for Luka Doncic. Can we just give a round of applause for this man? I mean, like, Luka played out of his mind. I mean, in his first playoff series, he had, let me look, actually, I'm actually pull up his numbers. And I'm sorry if you can see the screen coming off my glasses. I hate that it does that, but that's just what we have to deal with. Let's look, Luka Doncic stats. Because he, he played out of his mind. He, I know he had he had 14 points in game 5. Um, but that was really like the only game that he struggled. Because he, I mean, he just had a wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful series. Let's see. He, in, in, in this series, he averaged, are you going to let me, you going to let me do stuff? Sports reference? He had, he had like, he had 42 points in game one, 28 points in game, in game two, 13 points in game, 43 points in game four, 22 points in game five. And 38 points in game six. I don't know why I thought he had 14 points in game five. I'm tripping. Uh, but he was amazing this series. Had multiple, multiple 30 point games, multiple 40 point games. I mean, he was just absolutely fantastic. And he was just unreal. Uh, for that being his first playoff series, I mean, he looked incredible. Um, and he, I mean, Kristaps Porzingis was out for a lot of this series. And, and he still put up the, he still produced at the level that he did. I mean, he, he was just incredible that series. Scoring at will. The passing was awesome. He just, he looked great. He looked like one of the best players in the league. And, I mean, he can only go up from here. I mean, I, that, that was just an unreal performance by him. I know they lost in six. Um, but I didn't expect the series to go that far. I mean, I thought the Clippers were going to win in five. That was with Porzingis uh, healthy. And, and Luka was able to, to push the series to six games without Przingis. So that was extremely impressive. I just wanted to, you know, give props to Luka for, for how he performed in his first playoff series. I was impressed. And I, I thought he just played so incredibly well. I, I was really, really proud uh, of the way he performed. thought he was spectacular. Uh, now, in this game, uh, Kawhi Leonard, he was awesome. He was great. Uh, but the thing that, that worries me about the Clippers is Paul George. Paul George struggled again, and he's got to play better than this. He has to play better. He's got to get into a groove. I know he's playing off the ball. I know he probably would rather play on the ball, uh, but he's got to find his groove playing off the ball. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the team, arguably the best player in the league. He's going to dominate the ball. He's gonna he's gonna take a, a majority of the shots. Like the offense is gonna be run through him, and Paul George just has to accept that. He has to. He's got he got he just gotta play better. He's gotta hit shots. He can't turn the ball over. He's gotta be just gotta be better as a playmaker. Um, and he he just gotta hit his shots. That's all he really has to do. But he he was terrible this series. Um, and he's one of the main reasons why this went to six games. If he played like he usually plays. And how I expect him to play, this probably would have been over in five games, or maybe even four. Um, but he was terrible. He's got to fix that. I mean, he's got to play well for the Clippers to win the title. Because if he struggles, I just don't know how far the Clippers can go. Um, I think I think the ceiling for the Clippers, um, you know, just the ceiling for the Clippers is is raised even higher if Paul George can play. At a top, like at like a top ten player in the league level, and I think he can. I think he can play at that level. Um, I just, 
I mean, he just hasn't played that well in the playoffs so far. Um, but yeah, Reggie Jackson, he was good in this game. Um, he was hitting some shots. You know, we got to talk about the Mar- Marcus Morris ejection. That was a terrible play. Um, you know, there's just, you, you can't play like that. That's a dirty play. If you haven't seen it, he like swiped down, but it, he wasn't g- going for the ball. I mean, he like, he basically just karate chopped or attempted to karate chop Luka Doncic's head off. Um, that was a dangerous play. I mean, Luka could have seriously got injured there. Um, luckily he didn't, but that, there's just no room for that in the game of basketball. That was a dirty play. No matter how many times he tries to deny it on Twitter, it was a dirty play. Um, I'm glad they ejected him. There's no room for that, especially in the playoffs where, like, if, if, like, a guy as talented as Luka gets hurt, like, his team is screwed in that situation. But, like, Marcus, grow up. Like, come on. Marcus Morris has to grow up. Um, we can't, we can't be hurting or trying to injure the best, one of the best young players in the league. Like, come on, dude. But yeah, that, that was, that was just disgusting. Uh, I mean, there, there's no room for that in the game of basketball, and I'm glad he got he got ejected. Like, there's just like we can't have that in our game. But yeah, shout out to the Clippers for winning the series. Shout out to Luca for playing super well. Shout out to Kristaps Porzingis uh, for playing so well in the bubble. I mean, he was really, really good. The shooting was great. Um, I thought he was just absolutely fantastic in the bubble. Um, and it sucks that he got hurt because uh, this would have been like a special series. If he would have been healthy for the whole series, but he wasn't. Um, so, I mean, that sucks, but, you know, we saw some great things from Luka. I thought Kawhi was great, and the Clippers move on. Now, let's talk about Jazz Nuggets. Woo! What a game. Um, game six in the Jazz Nuggets series was one of the craziest games I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, the, the Nuggets won. They forced a game seven. But I have never seen a better a better show of shot making than we saw in this game. The shot making we saw from Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray in this game was incredible. Just absolutely special. The things they did are rare. Um, I mean, I, it's just incredible what Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are doing throughout this series and what they have done. Um, it's incredible. Like, shooting, scoring off the dribble is one of the hardest, you know, it's the hardest thing to do at the highest level. Um, and they've been doing it at an elite level all series long. And I've been waiting for Jamal Murray to pop. I've been waiting. I mean, like, last, last year in the playoffs, he struggled. He was inconsistent. Um, and it's one of the main reasons why the Nuggets were knocked out early. And this year, he came into the playoffs and just went off. He's been he's been playing out of his mind. The last three games, he's had two 50-point games, a 40-point game. He's shooting 57% on nine three-point attempts per game for the entire series. He, he's just playing at such a high level. Um, now, obviously, the production will not continue. Um, but if this, if this is, if this is who he is now, and he's going to be able to shoot off the dribble like this, the Nuggets are going to be a scary team in the future. I don't know if they are now, um, just because of Michael Porter Jr. and how, like, kind of underwhelming he's been in the playoffs, but if Michael Porter Jr. continues to improve, 
if Jamal Murray, if this is who Jamal Murray is from now on, if he has officially taken the leap, uh, the Nuggets are a team to look out for in the future. Now, I might have to make an article or a video about this, but, I mean, like, if, if this is who Jamal Murray is, if he's going to be hitting shots off the dribble at this clip, um, then we need to watch out for the Denver Nuggets because they're going to be special and they're going to be legitimate co- title contenders for years to come. Uh, but yeah, this, this was an incredible game for both Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. The, the, the three pointers off the dribble for Murray were incredible. I mean, he was hitting shot. He was hitting step back threes, uh, threes off, uh, he was just pulling up off the dribble, hitting threes, um, and, and just so fluidly. Um, and he was just so good. I mean, he had 50 points, six assists, five rebounds, shot nine for 12 from three point range. He was ridiculous. Um, and, 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 and I mean, I mean, Nicole Jokic was good too, but Jamal Murray just stole the show. He continues to play at such a high level. And I mean, I love the interview game after the game. He was very emotional with everything that's going on, um, in the past, past week or two. Um, he was emotional. Um, he was emotionally drained. You could see it. I mean, he was crying. And then you saw the pic or the video of him in the hallway after the game. He was on his knees. I mean, you could tell how much this series has taken out of him. Um, he's given, given his all. Um, and it's been great to see. But Donovan Mitchell, he played well, too. Um, he had a, a spectacular game in his own right. He had 44 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. He was great. I mean, he was just absolutely incredible. Shot 9 for 13 from three-point range. Towards the end of this game, uh, when the Nuggets were kind of pulling away, he had some utterly ridiculous three-pointers. Just some of the most difficult shots you're going to see. He was hitting them. He was great. Uh, but really, the reason why the Nuggets just uh, pulled away at the end is because, I mean, Jamal Murray played out of his mind. But Jeremy Grant, who continues to play so well in this series, he played well again, had 18 points. Nikola Jokic, he was great. Monte Morris was good. Uh, Mike Conley was good for the Jazz, but besides Mike Conley, no one else really played all that great. Um, and so Donovan Mitchell is kind of on an island by himself. Um, and I mean, Mike Conley, he's played well. Um, but besides him, I mean, no one's really providing a lot offensively. Rudy Gobert's been great defensively. Uh, and I, and we expect that from him, but no one else is really providing a whole lot offensively. I mean, Joe Ingles, he struggled this series, um, and not having Bogdanovich really, really hurts the Jazz, um, cause he was a, a great scorer for them and he provided a lot of offensive production, but without him, they just don't have a lot of scoring. Um, so that sucks. I would put a lot of money on Denver in game seven. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a fun game to watch, especially if Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell can, continue, can, can, wow, can continue to play at this level for one more game, just one more game. Um, we could be looking at an all-time classic Game 7. I can't wait to watch that. But yeah, that was an exciting Game 6. I mean, the shot-making. If you haven't seen the game, go re- go watch it. Like, it, it's just... Like, the skill in that game was off the charts. You you have to watch it. If there's one basketball game you're ever going to watch, watch that one. Because, I mean, the shot making was just utterly ridiculous. Now I want to move move on um, and end the podcast talking about the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Now, that game is being played tonight at 6.30. It's 5.42. This podcast will come out today. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to come out, uh, or at least on video, if it'll come out uh, before the game. Uh, but, man, this is an exciting series. Very interesting matchup. I think the Miami Heat match up really, really well with the Milwaukee Bucks. Because uh, they got a lot of bodies they can throw, throw at Giannis. They have Bam Adebayo. They have Jimmy Butler. Um, and they have a lot of shooting. Now, Jimmy Butler has been shooting lights out from three-point range in this series. Uh, or th- this playoffs. He's been great. I don't know if that'll continue. If it can, uh, that'll just... I mean, his three, if he, if he can shoot, uh, 40% from three like he has been, um, the Milwaukee Bucks might be in trouble. Um, because they have just so much three, so much three point shooting on that team with Duncan Robinson, uh, Jimmy Butler, um, Jordan Dragic, Kendrick Nunn, if he's gonna play at all. I don't know if he, if he's gonna play in this series, then play in the, against the Pacers. Don't know what that's all about. Um, but Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, um, uh, uh, Kelly Olenek, and they just have so many three-point shooters on that team, um, and that combined with their defense and their coaching, they have a chance to upset the Milwaukee Bucks, especially if Eric Bledsoe is going to continue to play like he's been playing. He hasn't been that great in the playoffs. Giannis has played out of his mind, um, but he can only do so much for the Bucks. If, if Eric Bledsoe isn't going to come to play, Milwaukee might be going home early, um, but this is just such an, an interesting matchup. I had the Bucks winning in six games uh, before the playoffs started. I, I think I want to. I don't know. Like, do I want? I keep thinking. I keep going back and forth. Do I want to flip my pick? I think I do. I think I do because I don't trust Eric Bledsoe at all. He all, he is just so unreliable in the playoffs. Um, he never he never he never steps up to the plate um, when the when the lights are the brightest. He always struggles in the playoffs. And he just he hasn't proven that he can be trusted in the playoffs. He just hasn't. Um, and so I think he's going to struggle. And then like the Bucks, they they struggle to defend the pick and roll or the pick and pop, and they can struggle against horn sets. So if the Miami Heat can run some horn sets, get some pick and pops going, they can make this a very difficult series for Milwaukee. I don't know if I'm ready to say the Heat are gonna upset the Bucks because Giannis is such a good a good player. Uh, Boonholzer is a good coach. They got a great team around Giannis. Not like a great... They don't have like a lot of talent, but the roster is just constructed so well for Giannis' strengths that I'm just not ready uh, to hop off the Milwaukee Bucks yet. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they upset the Bucks. They very well may because um, they got a, a great roster and they, they're just so well constructed. Um to beat Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, just don't be surprised if it happens. Don't be surprised. Because it could. Um, but I think Jimmy Butler's going to continue to shoot lights out. Duncan Robinson has to play well. Tyler Hero has to play well. The young guys have to play well. Um, and Dragic has to play well. You, you, you got to, like, lean, they lean heavily on their youth. 
And I just don't know if I can trust them. I mean, they played well against the Pacers, but the Bucks are a different beast. I don't know if I can fully trust them in this series, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not flipping my pick. I've thought about it. I'm not. I'm not going to flip my pick. But I, I can't wait to watch the series. I'm going to watch game one tonight. And I'll probably talk about it on the podcast next time I'm on. But yeah, that's all I got to talk about for today. I hope y'all enjoyed this. This was fun. Let me know what y'all think about the round two games coming up. Let me know what you think is going to happen. Uh, let me know what your predictions are. And I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.